It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that puts you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, as they look to put together a winning roster in 2021 and in some ways beyond as well. Uh, excited to bring you today's show, uh, you know, as, as we focus on in season, it's very much about, you know, the rookies uh, from the Steelers, the rookies for their opponents each week, looking forward to the draft as well. The college season's rolling on. Uh, you know, I think we're through now week nine off the top of my head there. And, you know, things are starting to firm up. You know, Heisman favorites are starting to come together and what have you as well. Uh, you know, and looking forward to the NFL season, our Pittsburgh Steelers are now four and three on the winning side. They're off the cellar dwellers of the uh, bottom of the AFC North there. And it's a big game this week against Chicago. Uh, you know, it, it's an interesting matchup. Uh, Chicago are three and five are uh, going to this game. Chicago have won the, won the last three in a row against the Steelers, those being in 2017, 2013, 2009. Uh, two of those games were were in Chicago. And before that, the Steelers had won two in a row, uh, you know, in 2005 and 1998, uh, having won at home both games. Uh, but they've all been fairly tight affairs, uh, apart from the 2013 game where the Steelers lost by 17 points. Otherwise, it's been separated by 12 points or less. And in the other th- and in three of those games, it's been separated by five points or less. Um, so it is a really interesting situation the Steelers find themselves in. Uh, you know, I caught a little bit before recording this of Know Your Enemy with Michael Beck, um, who wasn't there in today's show, but Chris Pugh and Jeffrey Benedict, and they have the gentleman from, um, you know, 
the the version of behind the steel curtain for the bears. And he was sort of saying they like to play similar football. So it'll be who will take the risks, who will do things different. And when you look at the two teams as well, uh, you know, even you just look at the offensive leaders, uh, Justin Fields, 94 for 158, 991 yards, three TDs is the leader of the passing there. We know Dalton's injured. Darnell Mooney is the leading wide receiver with 33 receptions, 409 yards, one one TD. Khalil Herbert, who they've used the last few weeks a lot, 81 rush, rush attempts for 351 yards, one TD. And then you go on the Steelers side of things. Ben Roethlisberger, 175 for 269 there, uh, 1,781 yards, eight TDs. Deontay Johnson, 40 receptions, 474 yards, three TDs. Najee Harris, uh, 128 rush attempts, 479 yards, three TDs. So across the board, the Steelers are ahead, um, whether it's touchdown production, whether it's yardage production, uh, and off you know, more attempts everywhere. But obviously those those Bears um players haven't haven't contributed every single game. And also, you know, if they had, the Steelers would probably be if you look at these numbers more productive um across each of those three offensive leaders that we've looked at just there. Um Vegas has the Steelers at um six and a half um unders. Uh, the over-under score for the game is currently 40 um, via sportslogos.net. So interesting sort of where, where you're sitting things now. Uh, if we go to the Steelers last week uh, against the Browns, this hard 15-10 win, how sweet was it? You were just confident. I don't know about you, but I was just confident, you know, in Ben. He looked, as, as Jeff said, you know, play like Big Ben on his T-shirt. He did play like Big Ben. He led this team. I was all for, and people can disagree with me, I'm all for Tomlin going for that field goal, um, the fake field goal. Didn't come off. Should have been a penalty. That's been ignored by the commentators. Hate that. But at the end of the day, I like the aggressiveness. And I think Brian um, Anthony Davis, bad, uh, you know, our lead podcast producer, and he's on numerous shows across BTSC um, and writes some hilarious articles on the website. You know, he, he was right in saying it in the post game. Uh, and, and that was really the effect of would they have won this game if they hadn't have gone for it? Maybe not. Maybe it put them into a mindset to win. And I like it. It wasn't living in the fears uh, of where they're sitting. So if we look at that game, obviously we want to look at the rookie production. That's what I'm here to do as part of our rookie room uh, focus of this podcast. Uh, Najee Harris, 26 attempts for 91 yards, one TD, a long rush of 11 on the day, uh, three targets for three receptions, 29 yards, a long of 20. Great performance from Najee, uh, you know, right there, 120-yard performance um, incredible support there, you know, to the team from him. Uh, you look at Pat Freemuth, seven targets, four receptions, 44 yards, averaging 11 for, for the each, one TD, uh, you know, and a long of uh, 22 um, yardage on the da- yards on the day. What needless to say, it was the fourth down touchdown, uh, the fourth TD, uh, fourth down TD, the, you know, toe drag swag. I can't do it as cool as Nate Billison. He's like, the toe drag. No, I can't even do it. I'm not going to do it. It's not going to be funny. Um, but uh, but yeah, incredible from Pat Freemuth. 
just makes me uh, really happy to see him perform. I was so excited on draft day when I realized he was still on the board and the Steelers are about five to eight picks away. I'll always talk about that because I love it. Love number 88. Gentry's proving uh, Marky D and I wrong. If you if you listen to us early on in the season uh, on Touchdown Under when we were talking about Gentry, uh, we talked about that he could do stuff in the in from the block perspective, but we needed to see it in game, and you're starting to see it, which is great. Uh, you know, and then really looking across, you know, to the to the rest of the team as well. Isaiah Loudermilk, one sack, big play from Loudermilk. Now, obviously, we know the Baker ran out. But as they allowed milk had one deducted a few weeks back. Um, so it's good to see him back on the board there and finally on it, you know, things and things swinging roundabouts and what have you. And, you know, he's been able to reclaim that, that, uh, that number of one sack on the stat sheet. Um, you know, he had two other tackles on the day. I thought he played well uh, across the board. You didn't see as much of Trey Norwood um, as, as you might expect. He had two tackles on the day. Uh, Derek Tootscar had, had one tackle, uh, as well. I'm going to bring out Miles Killebrew. I know he's not a rookie, but I'm just really happy with what Miles Killebrew is doing. Um, I'm just I'm just really happy with it. I think he's been such a solid special teams contributor or, or schematic contributor. Uh, and, and I'm really excited by what he's brought to the team. And I really do hope the Steelers keep him as well because uh, he's a sort of, you know, depth player, um, you know, in that third and second string that can actually be really beneficial to a team like the Steelers. Uh, so, you know, that was fantastic as well from that perspective. And then I've just got to say it, you know, he's not a, he's not a rookie, but he was our first round draft pick, um, you know, and picked two spots after Taco Charlton. But TJ Watt, I mean, what a game. One and a half sacks, one tackle for a loss, three quarterback hits, one fumble recovery. I mean, he just continues to put the numbers on the board. Everyone's on about Miles Garrett winning Defensive Player of the Year because, you know, he may break, he's on pace to break um, or equal Strahan's sack record. Look at what TJ Watt's doing outside of sacks. It's incredible. He should be the Defensive Player of the Year if he continues his streak. It doesn't mean he shouldn't have to rely on simply needing a sack number to get there. Uh, but really excited for what for what TJ is doing um, from that perspective. And then I think the other part really is <laughs> Presley Harvin, big press. Uh, he had an interesting day when it came to the rookies there. Uh, you know, four punts, 176 yards, average of 44, long of 56. We know he said that issue with the kickoff is what it is. He was in a tough spot. Um, but, you know, the reliance on, on big price to perform, you know, sort of stepped up a notch in this week's game. I'd also say Greg Newsom too. Uh, he showed up. I thought, um, you know, we previewed him on the Brown side of things. I thought he showed up. I thought he proved that. Malik McDowell, who we who we talked about too, he had that sack against Ben, one or two on the day, uh, one tackle for a loss, one quarterback hit. You know, those were the guys I said you had to watch out for. Um, and they certainly, you know, they came to play uh, for the Browns defense there. So you'll need to watch out for them in the years to come. But yeah, so for moving on from from the Steelers rookies uh, who are really performing, as we say, they're really contributing. And, you know, what I haven't talked about there as well, obviously, is, you know, Dan Moore Jr. and Kendrick Green, uh, you know, who continue to, you know, support the Steelers' offensive line, continue to play 100% of the snaps as well, uh, really key you know, in terms of the Steelers' offense, they're starting to gel. That's helping people like Najee Harris. Uh, you know, Najee had eight, played 84% of the snaps. Pat Freeman has played 78% of the snaps. Uh, we talked about those guys uh, from that perspective on the on the offensive side. On the defensive side, you know, when it comes to rookies as well, 
you saw Isaiah Loudermilk play 25% of the snaps. Uh, Derek Tutska uh, plainly played 8% of the snaps uh, from that perspective as well. So, you know, the, the Rockies continue to contribute exactly where we expect them to be, uh, you know, and it bodes well going into the later part of the season. So, with that, we're going to take a break on Steelers War Room because otherwise I'm going to have to take a break right in the middle of all the Chicago uh, rookies. Uh, but hold tight for just for just one moment. Uh, and we'll be right back here on Steelers War Room. We're back on Steel's War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that puts you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, as they put together a winning roster in 2021 and beyond. So with my title of the show, you know, I'm talking about bears and bulls. And you look at a you look at the that from a stock market perspective, uh, you can and, and you think about, you know, a, a bull market being one that rises over time and a bear market being one that drops. You know, it's interesting to look at the Chicago Bears. Do they have a bear market or do they have a did they you know, or bull market? Did they go to the, the draft and, and end up, you know, with bulls or bears? I think the Steelers ended up with bulls. Uh, that, and, that, and you know, it goes back to what some of my colleagues on behind the steel curtain have been saying, you know, of, of certain Steelers players, uh, you know, taking their roles, you know, bull by the horns kind of thing. And so it's exciting to look at it from that perspective. I certainly believe that, you know, they ended up, you know, getting some going to the bull market when it came to rookies. But let's have a look at the Bears, whether they're Chicago Bears or are they going to be, you know, Bears in that share market sense, people that fall or decline over time. Uh, the first player we'll look at uh, because I would usually want to look at their first round draft pick um, in Kevin in Tevin Jenkins, uh, you know, and what he was able to what they were able to get with him in the draft. But he's actually on IR, uh, you know, so we can't really preview him. Sorry, not first round draft pick, second round draft pick, thirty ninth overall. Um, you know, but but he hasn't been able to play this season on one high view. So you know, we're going to actually skip over him. Uh, but but let's go to Larry Borum on the offensive lines. So he's played two games um, in week one and week eight, and that's why it's important that he's played last week uh, against the um, against San Francisco. Um, but from his perspective, you know he played twenty two percent offensive snaps before playing one hundred percent last week. Uh, you know, he's played in both losses. He's played a little bit on special teams. He's a fifth round draft pick. So, you know, you've got to look at where would we be using more if we had a more developed line, uh, you know, from that perspective, he's, you know, from the fifth round uh, out of Missouri, uh, you know, six foot five, 333 pounds. He's a big bloke um, as well. You know, he hasn't, he hasn't done a lot outside of that. He hasn't had an offensive line penalty yet or anything like it. So whether he'll play or not is, is um, who knows. Uh, but if he, if he is, uh, you know, look for the Steelers to potentially to, to look to exploit uh, what what he's doing. Uh, you know, from it from the offensive you know guard position uh, where he's going to play as well. And he's number seventy five as you look out for the Steelers to exploit that. Then we go across to Caleb Johnson, uh, who I believe was undrafted. Um, out of Houston Baptist. He's played five games this year so far. Uh, he's played 
only on special teams where he's played ranging from, you know, 32% in week five uh, up, up to 89% of the snaps in, in week three on special teams. He's otherwise played no uh, defensive snaps from that. He's a linebacker, six foot two, 227 pounds, you know, so, Again, what are we going to see from him this week? You know, he's averaged 65% of their special team snaps so far. That's where you could see him. You could see him chasing down uh, kicks and punts. Uh, so so look out, you know, for him on, on the special teams the, in, in Monday night's matchup, the color rush matchup. Going across to Sam Kamara, another linebacker, six for two, 275 pounds. He's a big bloke, uh, big bopper there. He's played week six, week seven, week eight. Uh, you know, he's played one from eight defensive snaps uh, to 40% of the defensive snaps, um, 8% of the defensive snaps to 40% of the defensive snaps, and then to 21% last week. Uh, he plays about half the special team snaps as well. Uh, he's had a couple of tackles on the season. That's it. Again, you know, he might, you might find him in there with the Steelers, you know, um, you know, when you run Najee Harris playing tight end sets, you may see him in the mix there. But again, the Steelers should be able to overcome a bloke like this, uh, you know, from that perspective. But we, you never know who's going to make a contribution. Uh, this guy's position is number 78. The next Chicago rookie to look at is Khalil Herbert, the running back, who's, who's certainly garnered a lot of attention. He's the one that we've just mentioned earlier in the podcast as their leader. 81 rush on the season so far, 81 rushing attempts. Uh, for 351 yards, he's averaging 4.3. Uh, he's only had one touchdown. You've watched his snaps really tick up uh, as well as the as the game as the season. Sorry, as the game as the season rolls on uh, from that perspective, where he's gone from one percent in week one all the way up to eighty nine percent in week six as a season high and eighty four percent last week. Uh, you know, when it comes to rushing, he's had he had seventy five yards in week five. 97 in week six, 100 in week seven, 72 in week eight, you know, there. And in two of those games, particularly week six and seven, he was averaging over five yards an attempt, which is incredible uh, there from, from a rookie guy like 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 this in Khalil Herbert. Uh, I think he's a 212 pounds, 5'9", according to P Pro Football Reference uh, or PFR. Um, from a receiving perspective, he's also pretty pretty good. You know, his best performance of the season in the receiving game was against Tampa Bay, uh, despite that awful loss that Chicago had, where he had five targets, five receptions, 33 yards, and a yard yardage per reception of 6.6. Uh, obviously, he didn't drop a catch there. Before that, he had two receptions on three targets. Uh, and then last week, he had uh, two targets for two receptions, but he actually went for minus yardage uh, in the backfield there. He doesn't play much special teams since he's been taking a more active role in the rushing offense. Uh, but up until week, up, up until and through week five, he'd actually played a minimum of 40% of the special team snaps uh, and up to a high of 72% in week four, you know, from that perspective. So he's got a catch rate on the season so far of 90%. Uh, you know, off nine receptions of 10 targets. So you could see them look to use him in, in, in that perspective when you think about Justin Fields, uh, their first round draft pick and, and how they might use him. But I think you really see them go heavy to the run uh, within this week. He's had, uh, you know, a higher number of rushing attempts of 23 last week. I think you could see him break that this week. I could see 25 to 26 rushing attempts uh, from Khalil Herbert, depending on what the Steelers are able to do and wind, you know, wind down the clock and put the pressure on, particularly if they can get an early lead. And this is where having a veteran like Big Ben is going to be, you know, really important over Justin Fields because I think we're going to get into a situation where we can put them under pressure as long as we do the simple things right. 
Then we move across to Lacavia Simmons, uh, taking him in the seventh round. He's a guard, six foot five, 319 pounds out of Tennessee State. He's played two games in week five and week seven. Uh, he's only played 33% of the offensive snaps. He's a high in week seven. Uh, he's played a bit on special teams. He's a depth piece for them. Uh, again, if he is playing, look for the Steelers to exploit him, but he may be someone that comes off a bench if there's a niggling injury as well. So do stay tuned for that. And he's number 73. And you had a guy that I was watching in the draft uh, that I I thought would get anywhere between the sixth round undrafted. That's a guy out of BYU, Chris Tonga. Uh, He's defensive tackle, six foot four, 338 pounds. You know, he was selected there, you know, not because obviously he's, you know, the best defensive tackle in the league or anything like it uh, or in the draft class. You know, he's selected there, you know, because of, of the work that he's got to do, but also because of the value that the position has placed on it. But he's actually done pretty well, uh, you know, for Chicago. He's played, uh, you know, he ranges from 9% of the snaps, um, you know, or 7% of the snaps in week five up to 36% of the snaps in week three. The last time he played more than 30% was in week seven. He plays on special teams as well. You know, he's had a couple of tackles. Uh, the most he had was a combined tackle number of five in week three when he played that 36%. And he's obviously playing in their certain packages. Again, he's someone you could see take the field as the Chicago Bears look to try and stop uh, Najee Harris stopped some of the, the tight end sets uh, as, as well, really put a put the hammer down uh, on guys like Kendrick Green as well. I would suggest you're going to see a bit more out of Chris Tonga uh, this week than what you had last week or the week before the, or in week five um, as well. So, yeah, just stay tuned for, for, for Chris Tonga out there. He's a big bopper, um, as we like to say, down under. Uh, and and so look out for him in terms of what he might be doing, particularly in this run in this run game and putting pressure on as well. Like I said, he's a big bloke. Uh, you know, he can look to make life difficult for Big Ben, and he's number ninety five for the Chicago Bears. So the final player to preview on the rookie side for the Chicago Bears, and that's going to be Justin Fields, six foot three, two hundred twenty eight pounds or so. Uh, you know, first round, eleventh overall, slipped a bit um, out of Ohio State and Georgia. Uh, from a college perspective, look, when it comes to it, the the Chicago Bears are one of the worst uh, passing teams in the league, uh, you know, and he's only completing 59.5% of his passes, uh, you know, from 94 completions, over 158 attempts, 991 yards, three TDs, uh, touchdown percentage of, you know, 1.9%, uh, seven interceptions as well. That's way more than he has TDs, obviously, uh, which is not a good thing. Uh, so he's got an interception a percentage of across all his passes of 4.4. Uh, as I say, 1.9 versus 4.4, uh, which is pretty interesting there. He has a quarterback rating of the season of like 23. Uh, <laughs> he's, um, which is, yeah, quarterback rating, sorry, 65.7. Uh, but according to ESPN's quarterback rating, he's 23.1. He's been sacked 26 times for 206 yards. You know, that's, again, an incredible, um, you know, amount of yardage to have to make up. The sack percentage is 14.1. The Steelers could feast. But also the Steelers sometimes go missing in games when they could feast from a sack perspective. So I don't know, but I, I do see Highsmith uh, and TJ and, and Haywood uh, making life very difficult for him. He's also rushed on 44 attempts for 243 yards. That's pretty great with a 5.5-yard average. He's had two rushing touchdowns. Uh, he's got rushed for 13 first downs and a long of 22 yards. That's pretty significant. 
um, there from a rookie running back who's you know not played and who's only just started playing the majority of the snaps for them, uh, and he's only started six of their eight games. So, look, it goes down to the fact is Matt Nagy the right coach for them? I don't think he is, but I'm not an expert on the on the Chicago Bears either. Um, you know, so what we're looking at, but again, in certain teams, you know, fields would be a lot better schematically. And that's when, you know, Nagy, it might be lucky for the Steelers. You know, if you look at where we, that we've, the fact of what we've been able to do of losing, uh, two of our last three games against the Bears, I think it's pretty, pretty important that we're playing them now at home with Nagy. Uh, and we can wait to have to face a full strength Justin Fields uh, in five, six, seven, whatever, how many years it is time. Uh, and we can deal with that then. But look, that wraps up the rookie uh, re- review or the rookie room uh, for, for this week of this part uh, for this podcast. I wanted to look at two players, uh, you know, from the college perspective. Two play- Those two players are Sam Hartman and Kenny Pickett. So Kenny Pickett's obviously received a lot of attention uh, the last few weeks. Kenny Pickett right now is ranked uh, through, after week, through week nine as third on the quarterback rankings behind Bryce Young uh, and CJ Stroud from a Heisman perspective. Uh, you know, and, he's, and his ticket's taken a bit of a, a hit after the loss to Miami. Um, but it's hard to blame, you know, people said it's hard to blame him for that. Um, so, you know, he's got like 83 touchdowns now for his career. He's broken Dan Marino's record at Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, he's just ahead of Matt Corral, Old Miss, Caleb Williams, Oklahoma, and Sam Hartman, Wake Forest, who I talked a little about last week when we talked about uh, Jakari Robeson. So these are the two guys I'm going to talk about, Sam Hartman and Kenny Pickett. Uh, you know, I think Kenny Pickett is really starting to move up the boards. But when I looked at them both, I thought I might preview them. And then I went into, as I said last week, I got PFF um, for 50% off recently, and I've got the top college package. And, you know, I think some PFF numbers are very difficult to, you know, you've got to take them with a grain of salt. And I was going to say difficult to fully back. But I went into looking at passing depth because I thought about the Steelers and I thought about the fans and I thought about having a cannon for an arm and I thought about what might have gone on you know, into how they thought about, you know, drafting Big Ben out of Ohio State, uh, you know, and I was just thinking about all, all of that, um, or Miami, Ohio, I should say, sorry. Um, and so when I looked through it, I basically went and looked at passing depth of more than 20 yards, and I looked at the highest yardage per attempt, right? So, you know, Eddie Lee Marburger out of UTSA has 60 yards per attempt because of one attempt. So what I did was I went and had a look at people that had had more then uh, 20, it was 20 attempts uh, when I pulled this up uh, of more than 20 yards, right? So the first player I, I, that, I, uh, that came to mind um, out of a top team as well, because you did have, in fairness, of above 20 attempts, you had Max Bortenschlager out of FIU um, there, who's actually got a passive rating on PFF of 92.4. Uh, he's had 264 for... You know, for 233 attempts, sorry, um, you know, at this distance. But he's not necessarily from a top college or he's not something on the top of people's front of mind. So, you know, I, I thought we'd skip him. But when you keep going, you get down and the next player on the list uh, with these attempts, with more attempts at this as well, with 51 attempts, is Sam Hartman. And Sam Hartman's the quarterback on Wake Forest, as I said. And Sam Hartman's rocketing up these boards. And so, that's why I sort of picked him because 
you know, when you look at the yards per attempt for Sam Hartman, it's 21.9. That's a pretty high average, uh, you know, and he's the high, he's got the highest um, amount, you know, for, for players that are over 280, uh, you know, passing attempts there. So he's really starting to stand out with these deep passes as well, uh, you know, and so, sort of looking at it as well, like his, his touchdowns at, at this ratio of 12. So he's, he's had 12 touchdowns where he's thrown for um, over 20 yards for only two interceptions as well, which is, which is pretty incredible. Uh, from from what that looks like, and if you look at uh, the NFL rating that he would have too, you know, on the season so far, it's 123, which is pretty incredible. And then if you go down to Kenny Pickett, uh, Kenny Pickett's had uh, 40 uh, attempts uh, at this. Um, sorry, he's had yeah 40 attempts uh, so far this season. You know, to as I said, uh, Sam Hartman's 51 at this, you know, 20 yards or more for 11 touchdowns, two interceptions. So very similar numbers. And he's averaging 20.3 yards per attempt um, as well. So they're both, they're both in this sort of high, high market. And he's got a quarterback rating of 122.9. Kenny Pickett may at the moment, because he's a hot commodity, get drafted high, but Sam Hartman's rapidly increasing, um, you know, in terms of the Heisman charts and what he's able to do in terms of finishing strongly as well. So Kenny Pickett has that 96.4. Uh, Sam Hartman has that 94.0, you know, really interesting to compare the two there. So this is from all the deep passing, as I said, when I've looked at that, I wanted to look at guys that are making those deep throws and what they're able to do. Uh, you know, the other guy to note sort of a little bit further up the board in terms of a big name is JT Daniels, um, but he has he's really low on the attempt side of things. So it's pretty hard to, to sort of focus on him, but also at Georgia is stent Stetson Bennett, um, you know, but again, when you look at the names that are in these sort of top six to eight quarterbacks, these are the two, Kenny Pickett and Sam Hartman that are throwing the ball uh, the furthest, um, you know, and having success doing it as well. So let's look at Kenny Pickett. I mean, he's six foot three, 220 pounds. Uh, you know, he's a bit older as well, which I think the Steelers, if you look at the draft last couple of years, do like, um, you know, his grades as well, you know, are moving up. Um, you know, so behind the line of scrimmage at 72.9, short passing 81.8, medium passing 93.2, but he's great on the deep passing of 96.4 this season. Uh, you know, short passages, short passes form more, almost 40% of his attempts versus deep 13.5%, medium or 13.4%, and medium 20, 26% if you round it up. Uh, you know, but his completion percentage is 60% deep, 59% medium, 78% short, and 90, almost 90%, um, you know, behind the line of scrimmage. The majority of his yards come out of short uh, passing, which is 958, and then deep at 811, uh, you know, there, and most of his touchdowns from Kenny Pickett, 11 have come, uh, you know, from deep passing versus two interceptions, medium passing, six TDs, no interceptions, short, seven TDs, one interception, and behind the line of scrimmage, uh, two TDs, uh, zero interceptions as well. You know, so pretty interesting from that uh, perspective when you look at these numbers as well. Um, and in terms of where he's really working is deep center down the field, 98.7 uh, passing grade on PFF, eight touchdowns to one interception uh, and short center, seven touchdowns, one interception. So you can see where he likes to use the middle of the field. That's pretty cool when you think about the Steelers too, uh, you know, in Pat Freemuth and you think about Deontay Johnson, uh, you think about Claypool as well, um, even Juju before he got injured. 
this could really work for the Steelers, um, you know, and what they're looking to do. He's, and then if you move into his intermediate and deep passing, his ratings go much higher than his short and behind the line of scrimmage passing too. So, you know, you look about the slants, you look at where the Steelers are doing things, you look at the integration of the tight ends, uh, you look at, you know, Najee Harris as well. Kenny Pickett, he fits the bill. He's a bigger, big, fits the bill that the Steelers would want, bigger size. You know, he's someone that's probably not going to go necessarily he's probably not going to go top five he might not even go top 10 you know the Steelers could be able to do a bit of a trade up uh this draft as well so particularly if, think about it, like I hate to say it but what if Minka's not signing you know what if someone wants to do a sign and trade sort of deal with the Steelers one this year and a two or three next year you know it could be pretty and by the next year I mean 2023's draft could be pretty interesting from that perspective um but then let's look at Sam Hartman as well so Sam Hartman this season uh you know 94 percent 94 grade on PFF as I said there deep passing 20 plus yards for 12 TDs two interceptions medium seven TDs for one interception, short three TDs, zero interceptions, um, behind the line of scrimmage, zero TDs, zero interceptions. Majority of his yardage uh, is coming deep, uh, and then it's almost equal between medium and short. His highest percentage is on short, with 74, so quite similar, um, and then 60% in the medium and 54% in the deep, and he's throwing a lot more deep passes uh, than Kenny Pickett there, and he's got more TDs. Uh, I think as well. And then he's six foot one, 208 pounds. So he's less of, out of Wake Forest, right? So he's out of, not necessarily out of a college um, that's considered as top as Pittsburgh, but they're actually higher on the rankings so far. Um, but, you know, he's less prototypical size. When you look at him, interesting again, deep center, 94.8, passer grade, nine TDs, two interceptions. You look at intermediate center, three TDs, one interception, 86.7. And you look at short center, 81.7, two TDs, no interceptions. Again, you see him favor the center of the field uh, when you look through all this. Now, it's probably more of a more of a college football thing as well, uh, wanting to stand bounds, wanting to give guys an opportunity to make plays, uh, you know, being necessarily less confident playing, you know, outside the hash marks as well. Uh, but the other thing I would say too is that Pickett, uh, sorry, Hartman really favors the right side. Um, 95.4 passing grade, deep right. Uh, a, um, and then it's interesting, when you look at intermediate, he's actually the left side, 92%, whether he's varying his passes. Uh, but his short right percentage is 81.3, um, or grade, I should say. Uh, and his short left one, on contrast, is 59.9. He's a little bit better out of the backfield um, behind the behind the line of scrimmage in, in terms of center passing 77, and then he's about 60 for behind the line of scrimmage left or right uh, from that perspective. But look at these numbers. His highest completion rate, though, out of all of them, he's short, short left. Um, well, actually, behind the line of scrimmage, he's made 100% of his throws. Uh, but if you look at you know more pro- pro- other passing, it's 82%. Um, short left. It's just that they've not necessarily gone for much yardage. Uh, and then you look at intermediate left. So he's so he's stronger there from a completion perspective, not necessarily making plays. And that also goes down to who who's uh, sort of stacking up on you know their offensive, um, not the offensive line, but you know who's who's stacking up from the offensive side of the football. Uh, but again, 
as I say, you see him, you know, be a lot more successful in the center of the field. And I could see that being really important. Um, you know, if you're, if you're the Steelers and looking to us and looking to where the draft um, is going. And also majority of his yardage, 827 yards deep center, 398 yards intermediate center, uh, and 299 yards short center. That's a majority of his yards are coming down the center of the field, uh, you know, where he's sitting. The thing is that I like about him, is that Sam Hartman could slip to the back end of the second, uh, the back end of the first into the second. If the Steelers can get a tackle early overall, or there's a slide in the quarterbacks overall, he might be real value in the second. Um, you know, he's starting to get ahead of guys like Desmond Ritter in the conversation, believe it or not. And people go on about Desmond Ritter's size. I know the Bearcats are doing well. I'm not sure I'm a fan of his attitude, but he's getting ahead of guys like Carson Strong. You know, Matt Corral is having a slip as well. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see, you know, how he goes. Looking at his NFL grades as well, deep passing, 23.2 quarterback rating, 124.7 quarterback rating from a medium perspective. You know, he's really playing well, uh, you know, from that perspective. And when you look at, you know, how he's going, uh, you know, his top Three of his top five grades um, from the NFL quarterback rating are all in the deep passing. The only thing higher is his intermediate left passing as well. So they're two guys to think about uh, in terms of how they're making strides. Now, Sam Hartman's a bit younger, um, bit a bit different, you know, uh, uh, not sort of typical size. Kenny Pickett is your typical size. He's a senior, uh, you know, interesting, um, you know, in terms of where he's sort of situated. He's also got a lot of mentality, um, you know, great mentality. Skip the senior bowl last year, as I said, last last week or the week before, uh, you know, last year. And then, um, you know, basically then sort of said, where am I going to be? Should I go back? Should I go into the draft? He's come back. He's done well. You know, that could be all the difference. But then you could get a young guy like Sam Hartman that you can develop, um, you know, let him sit a little bit behind, you um, you know, Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins or another veteran as well and develop him, uh, you know, particularly if he's sitting there in the second or the third. But I don't expect him to be much past mid of the second, and I do think he's going to scrape into the first. The NFL is a quarterback-driven league uh, outside of pass rushes, and, you know, I just think there's too many too many teams that need need quarterbacks, to, and you're going to see a run on them here. You're going to see a run on them. Look at the trend that you've seen with how much, you know, even the 49ers spent to get a Trey Lance last year. That trend is going to continue. Teams are going to overinvest, um, you know, if you, you know, on players at core position. I say overinvest because there's going to be more proven players that slip down into different rounds. Some teams actually need that help more than they need, the, you know, depth at the quarterback position, you know, then because they may have a really good starter. They may have someone, you know, a proven veteran or what have you. But that's the NFL. And that's, you know, that's how you've got to look at the draft from that perspective. But with that, I'm Matt Peveril. This is Steelers War Room for this week. Go Steelers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.